So I really love the book of James. It's uh, definitely my favorite book. I mean, when I first started this podcast, uh, I actually did a whole five-episode series on the book of James. So if you haven't heard those, you can go back and listen to them. It's episode 17 through 21, so that's pretty early because it's kind of crazy to think about. But this episode here is uh, episode number 76, which is wild to think. Um, but yeah, uh, if you want to go back and listen to those I mean, that's over a year and a half ago that I did those episodes on James, um, but I went over the whole book, kind of, so if you want to go back and listen to those, you can, but I'm going to be talking about James again today, because it's my favorite book, and there's every time I read it, there's always parts that are just like, wow, that's so profound to me. Um, I, I, it's an excellent book. And today we're going to look at uh, chapter 2, verses 8 through 13. Um, and the episode I did over the book of James, I went over chapter 2, but the whole episode was about chapter 2, the entire chapter. So I didn't really speak on everything as much as I probably could have, but I've also like you know furthered my walk with uh, the Lord and my you know Bible reading and stuff has improved a lot in the last year and a half. So I can actually go over five verses at a time, whether rather than having to do a whole chapter just to fill a fifteen minute episode or whatever. So like I didn't really hit on those verses as much as I would have liked to, and I think I can hit on them more a little today because this week I was actually reading the Book of James. Um, I do that quite often. Uh, you know, when you, when you enjoy something, you you watch it, read it, talk about it a lot. And since James is my favorite, I would say I, at least once a week, I feel like I read through the whole book. It's only five chapters long. It's not hard to do. Um, but I was reading through it, and when I got to these parts, uh, these verses, it just really stuck out to me because I think they actually kind of flow into this episode a little bit from the last two episodes. Um, you know, the last two episodes, if you haven't heard those yet, go back and listen to them. They're great. Or they're not great. I don't know. I can't really comment on my own stuff. But uh, I was basically talking about how the rules of the Bible that God gave us are for us as believers and not really for the world and how we shouldn't treat the world as if the rules are for them because they're for us. And this these verses, I think, I mean, they don't really relate to that, but they kind of do. So I would say that that's how I wanna, why I wanted to do this episode and just go over them again, or these verses, is because it kind of flows. So uh, enough of me rambling. Uh, here, I'll read the verses to you so you can hear them. It says... Uh, this is James 2, uh, verses 8 through 13. It says, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, Do not commit adultery, also said, Do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and speak and act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And this is just a really wonderful piece of scripture. And I really want to focus our hearts and minds on that last line, which says mercy triumphs over judgment. I mean, that. think about those words. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy wins over judgment is basically what that word means. So, you know, like I said, the last two weeks I've talked about how the law is for us as believers and how we should really be leading non-believers to Jesus instead of focusing on making them follow the rules. So this episode is talking to believers. Like this is to you as believers when it comes to the law and how we should handle the rules amongst ourselves because we should correct each other. I want to make that very clear because 
I feel like some of the things I might have to say uh, going forward might make it sound like I'm saying don't correct each other or something, and I don't want that to ever be what's taken place or taken out of context or anything like that. But um, we should correct each other, and we should point out sin among ourselves. Like if you've got a brother or sister who is sinning and who is needs correction, do that. Correct them. Point out the sin. Help them with that. But we have to have mercy. We have to have patience. We have to be like God is towards us with our uh, fellow brothers and sisters. Because think about this. In our legal system, and I mean our legal system is in like us humans, the ones we've created, the state, local, all that kind of crap. Um, in our legal systems, we have different measures. I mean, say a speeding violation, you know, that's really bottom tier when it comes to breaking the law. And then at the top, you've got murder or something like that. So we, we see these as, you know, you've both broken the law, but one's higher than the other. But in God's legal system, there is just the law. There isn't this, oh, well, that's just a minor sin. This is a major sin. No, sin is sin. Because think about what sin is. Sin is falling short of God and in his perfect holiness. So breaking any of those laws and sinning is all breaking from perfection. Like, it's it's all equal. So if you broke one law, you're on the same level as someone who broke a different law. It's not like, oh, they're a worse sinner to me. Like, as the text says, you know, what I just read, adultery is breaking the law, and so is murder. You know, I think we can all agree adultery is pretty bad, but through human eyes, I would still say murder is kind of worse. <laughs> uh, that's just my take. I mean, you may see them the other way around or something, but, I mean, we can all kind of see, like, okay, these are two bad things. One's kind of worse than the other. But from what the text just says, it's like they're both the same. They're both equally breaking the law and will be judged under the same law. But by God's mercy, we are not put to death like we deserve when we break the law. Like, that's what we deserve. Every time we sin, every time we break God's law, we deserve death right then and there. I mean, we're falling short of God. We're basically saying that we're better than him because when you're sinning you're in breaking his law, you're trying to say that you don't agree with his law and that you think you're better, basically. So, like, you deserve death. I mean, I deserve death. You deserve death. We all deserve death for our sins, but... God has mercy on us. I mean, thank God God has mercy on us. It's so incredible because without his mercy, we would not have life. We would not even have the opportunity for life. But God, as much as God has mercy on us, we have to have that same mercy towards one another. You know, if you have a brother or sister that's breaking God's law, like I said, call them out on that sin, on that breaking of the law they're doing. But have mercy because as the text also said, judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. I'm going to read that again. I want that to be on your minds. It says, Judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Now, to me, and I may be wrong on this, to me that sounds like having mercy is a requirement. And I'm not saying that as a work. You know, someone may come in, especially like the hardcore Calvinist or something like that, may come in and be like, oh, are you saying mercy is a work? We don't have works. No, I'm not saying mercy is a work. I don't want that to be taken out. Like, mercy is not a work. But I think... Having mercy would be in an outward expression that we would show that we understand the mercy we receive from God. I mean, if we understand that God has mercy on us, we're going to extend that same mercy and grace to others around us in the same way he's extended his own mercy and grace to us. Because, like, say there's a believer who's living in sexual sin or something like that. Obviously, tell them of their way being an heir. But don't really condemn them. Don't, like, start telling them they're going to hell and just being an awful human to them because 
it's really, I mean, it's easy enough to tell, not tell someone they're going to hell. I mean, we don't really do that too often, but you could be that person. You could be someone who sees a fellow believer in sexual sin, not knowing anything about this person. You may have just met them. They, you just heard it. They said they're a Christian, but then they also started talking about some sexual sin stuff. And you may be like, you're going to hell. Like, don't, don't do that. Like first get to know the person, like have mercy towards them. Cause for all you know, they could have literally just became a Christian like four hours before they met you. And they don't even really know what the law is yet or what they're breaking it. Like they just understood that they needed Jesus and that they did need to make changes in their life, but they haven't got to that point yet. So what we need to do when we hear of these things of someone living in sin, that's a fellow Christian, we need to have patience and mercy with them, have conversations with them, get to know them, get to understand why they are living that way. And I mean, also just find out if they see that they're wrong in that, because like I said, they may be a young Christian or something who doesn't even know the law very well and doesn't even know that what they're doing is wrong because they've never had anyone told them. They may still be that young in their uh, walk. Like, you know, age as like a concept, like, you know, 20-year-old versus 60-year-old, if you see a 60-year-old who's living in sin and they claim to be a Christian, treat them the same as like a, a 10-year-old. I mean, they may have just become a Christian. Even though they're 60, they may be a brand new Christian who just does not know what the law is and how they're breaking it. And you need to have that patience and mercy with them, get to know them. And just remember too, that you've committed sins before and you will continue to commit, commit sins and God has mercy towards you daily. So have mercy and patience towards them daily and help them through their sin. You know, you, you definitely want to convict them of it. You definitely want to tell them, Hey, you're living in error, but you need to have patience and walk beside them and help them overcome it. Don't just yell, Hey, that's wrong. And then walk away say, Hey, that's wrong. Here's why it's wrong. Here's how we can get you through this. Like, be there for them. Be a brother and sister to them. Because when people come to know Christ, they may not have a complete 180 in behavior overnight or even in a week. But that doesn't mean the Lord isn't working in them and convicting them. Or when they first hear that something is a sin that they're living in, they may not have a, a complete 180 degree behavior change. Like, it may, it's not an overnight thing. Like, think about it as you're growing this person is growing and it growing sometimes takes time and again we are to continue to call sin when we see it but we should be merciful or we should mercifully be beside our brother and sister and help them through their sin and help them to be right in god's law because remember too if you break any of the law you have broken all of the law someone else's sin may look worse in our human way of looking at things but in God's eye, all of our sin is to be cut off from his holiness. And that's why we have to show patience and mercy with each other is because in God's eye, we all are getting cut off. Like we all deserve to be cut off the smallest sin to the greatest sin because it's all sin. And I think this lack of patience and mercy towards one another is why we see so many people nowadays leaving the church because they're just not being shown that mercy to each other. Like, too many of the people in the church, unfortunately, and this is probably not a new problem. Like, the Bible's kind of made it clear that it's not a new problem. But uh, too many people in the church just act like they aren't sinning each day. And they have this, you know, holier-than-thou mindset towards young and faith Christians who still are struggling with outwardly obvious sins. But just because the outwardly obvious sins are very apparent doesn't mean the inward sins aren't. I think the people who have that holier now mindset make themselves look good on the outside, but inside are still sinning just as bad. I mean, we're all going to be sinning until the day we die, unfortunately. That's the the sorry truth of being a human. I mean, that's our condition is we are born in sin 
And it's only through the blood of Christ that we even have forgiveness of sins and that we have a way to God, but we are still not perfect. We still will sin each day. You sin less and less each day. That's your ultimate goal in, you know, letting Jesus and the Holy Spirit work in your life, but you're still going to sin. And it's one thing to just remember that everyone grows at different speeds because some people have, like I said, immediate 180 degree changes the moment they give their life to Jesus. But for others, that may take a while. Like others, it may not just be an overnight thing, like because one, they may not understand that it's something they need to change. But or if it is something they need to change, they could it could be an addiction. I mean, there's. I mean, we, we always think of addictions as just like alcohol addiction or cigarettes or something like that. But addiction is a, a legit mindset that takes a, a while for some people to break. And that's why people fall into sin over and over and over, especially sins they know are bad for them. It's because it's, you know, a reconditioning of the brain they literally have to do. Now, obviously, if a couple of years down the road from someone doing this and understanding it's wrong, we still see no change. They're still living exactly the way they looked uh, right before they're coming to Christ, if they're still looking exactly the same and we don't see conviction in their life and we don't see them at least trying to f- flee sin and stuff like that, okay, let's then start questioning whether they actually understand who Jesus is and whether they actually gave their life to Christ or not. But if we see that struggle, if we see someone's you know broken and hates that they are living in this sin, I mean, that's a good sign that they have the Holy Spirit in them convicting them. And they're that's when we need to get beside them, have mercy on them, and help them through this struggle because it is a struggle. But inwardly, again, we are all sinners. And that's why Jesus had to die on the cross for us. Like he made that sacrifice exactly for the reason of we're not perfect because we fall short of God's holiness each day. We couldn't do anything to make ourselves pure. We can't do anything to make ourselves good enough to be in God's presence. But thankfully God in his sacrificial perfection gave us his son to die on the cross and give us a way to him because without Jesus, we're dead inside. I mean, we're all dead inside until the moment we have Jesus and Jesus is what gives us any life in us. And Jesus himself is mercy. Jesus had mercy towards all. And I want to kind of like close down with this. This is, you know, a story, a pretty familiar story probably for you. It's John uh, chapter eight, seven through 11. And it's uh, talking about when uh, the crowd was, you know, trying to cast stones on this uh, woman for sinning or whatever. And it says, as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. And right there, our Lord, Jesus, he had so much mercy on her. Like, he did not condemn her because no one could cast a stone on her. No one could condemn her themselves because all of us have sinned. Jesus pointed it out to everyone right there that, hey, if you want to condemn this person, you have to be perfect. And since no one was without sin, They couldn't condemn her. They couldn't cast a stone on her. No human could condemn the woman because all humans have broken God's law. And Jesus had mercy on her, and he did not condemn her either. Now, he did end that. He said, neither do I condemn you. But he did also end that. That's not the last word. The last word is, go and from now on sin no more. So we will not be condemned, but we do have to make that change. Like It's a two-part command. He won't condemn us, 
but we do have to go and sin no more. So you should be striving each day to sin less and less, to not sin. Like, that should be your goal is to not sin. But you're only going to not sin with the power of Jesus. Like, our hearts are sinful and want to sin. That's just part of being a human. But Jesus is better than our hearts. And when you have him in your heart, he will fully help give you the power to overcome sin each and every day. So let's just remember, the rules are for us, and we should follow them. But when we and our brothers and sisters fail the law, which we always eventually will, let's remember to have mercy with one another. Because God shows and showed us mercy, and we should extend that same gift of mercy that he's shown us to others as he commanded us to do. His word tells us to show mercy just as we were given mercy. So let's extend that gift to others and be merciful along with our talking to brothers and sisters and letting them see where they er they are in error because the rules are for us, but we should have mercy with one another. And that's just my take, and I'm not a pastor.